You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Tuesday, and as always on a Tuesday, I speak to the Chief Economist at the Centre for Risk Analysis at the South African Institute for Race Relations, and that's Ian Cruikshanks. Ian, we don't need to plunge straight into the coronavirus-led or COVID-19-led market demise, but what we can do is talk about the banking results that have come out of South Africa, not just today, but also last week. I know you went to the Nedbank presentation last week. Yeah. That need not detain us, but you also went to first round this morning. And before you go on, on into what you're going to say, uh, about the question that you asked. I like the following honesty. It says, as a large systemic financial services group, First Rand is not immune to the serious macroeconomic challenges facing South Africa and the damaging impact of ever-declining GDP growth is becoming evident in all of the group's customer segments in South Africa. And that's not a damning statement, but it's, a, it's an honest statement. Yes, that honesty is the best policy outlook. That's it. And I'll tell you what they went on to say. Um, I said to Alan Pullinger, so, you know, the, the growth in the economy, it's like a pendulum. Uh, it swings to the, to, to the positive and the negative side. At the moment, it still looks like it's getting towards the negative side. What do you expect to see in GDP this year? P- probably zero, with, with the possibility it could be a negative number could be a shrinkage in the economy. They're actually facing that, and that's remarkable. Um, And then how long do you think it will take for the pendulum to continue swinging to the negative side and then start swinging back? This could be a year, but probably it would take a couple of years, and it could take longer before we got back onto a, a growth phase. Okay, so he was talking about the macroeconomic environment in the Republic of South Africa. He wasn't talking about the, the fortunes of First Rand, although the two are, of course, very closely linked. He did say that they were closely linked, that uh, they're, what, do you, what could you put it, they're like a GDP company, you can't escape the trend. And he was quite uh, frank about that. And uh, if the economy was going to be shrinking, uh, they would be hard put to go in the opposite direction. That was said would be highly unlikely. So, you know, at least it's a breath of fresh air. Uh, the other breath of fresh air I quite, uh, was quite impressed by was uh, the uh, strategy of Nedbank. Um, they came out under the figures that they had uh, targeted, and because they hadn't reached the target, the top 50 executives got no bonus and no increases for this year. Um, I mean, that's what they employed to do, to, to hit certain targets, minimum levels, they didn't even hit the minimum levels, so they didn't get increases. Well, that's fair, isn't it? And shouldn't that be extended to government as well? Uh, well, it should be the norm. I, I, I suggested that. I think it's a rather it's sad situation yeah, where you have to fair. say, it's a rather sad situation where you have to actually say, isn't it good that people are not getting paid for underperforming? So I, yeah. But of course, you know, it's, it's well done to, to NetBank. I mean, they get uh, fabulously remunerated anyway uh, with their basic salaries yeah. and their share options and their shares that they've been given. So why should they get a bonus if the company doesn't make money? Well, it makes money, but less than last year. Well, I said I hope this will be followed by those in the public sector as well, this type of, of leadership, strategic leadership, for which there is, there is no adequate comment, I'm afraid. No, exactly. But yes, it's the right thing to do, mm. and it's what should be done, and it's about time we caught on to the fact that uh, those who run big public or private corporations get paid for results. Don't get the results, don't get paid anymore. That's the way it should go, and I think it's about time we started demanding this from our public sector.
Yes, I think so. And if you take a look at, for example, the Department of Home Affairs, how many people have you processed today? How short were the queues or how long were the queues? I mean, you can't quantify it in monetary terms because it's a public utility, it's a service. And you can't say, well, we made this amount of money, although obviously people pay for their passports and there's fees associated with all the services that the department provides. But on the other hand, there should be some kind of incentive. But there isn't. And... Let's not talk about public, the public sector. Let's talk about the JSC, because I don't know how long you've been in the market or been watching the market, but there's a company called Asor, and it's leaving the exchange. The share yeah. price up 80% today after the announcement last night. And yeah. very good. Shareholders have got a bonanza today. But unfortunately, they're not going to be part of the JSC family anymore, which is a sad thing. It's after over 50 years as a listed company, and uh, it just seems they can no longer access the capital, which they need to do. Uh, in order to, to progress their, their, their way in, in, in the company. Yeah, ASO is not the most tradable stock, but, I mean, it's still what South Africa has always done best, and that is dig stuff out the ground and sell it to people that need it, and um, that's not going to happen anymore, certainly not as a listed entity. South Africa's Vodacom to slash mobile data prices after Watchdog Report. Now, this tells me another thing, that's um, being in Vodacom and MTN, is a difficult business because they've obviously gone ex-growth and they went ex-growth a long time ago, but prices are going to fall and eventually they'll be giving us data for nothing. <laughs> uh, well, that, that's where it should be. It should, be, should just be told where we can go and look for it and that's all there is to it. But uh, I think that uh, they are both examples of what should be fixed interest companies and this, without any significant growth prospects, if they're fulfilling their mandate, that's the way it would be. It'll be interesting to see what MTN produced tomorrow. Yes, indeed. Okay, let's talk about uh, the thing that's front of mind in everybody's minds, whether it be the person on the train in the morning or the person sitting at the desk trading the markets, and that is the demise of the markets over the last two and a bit weeks. We're bouncing back today, but on the other hand, it's got a little bit of a, a dodgy feel about it. You've seen it all before, but this one is, I think it's quite meaningful. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Uh, and and I I don't trust the bounce. The bounce. I mean, it, it it had a heck of a pullback. So you want me to expect a little bit of a bounce? So it's still it's still over five percent down uh, in 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 three days. That's a heck of a drop. Um, and certainly there has been panic selling. There's been global panic selling amidst recession fears, recession fears, and fears of what the activity slowdown is going to be from the coronavirus. And I think that. Uh, if one looks at what it's doing and expectations of activity, just got to look at the commodities complex, which is at the lowest 19, the lowest it's been since the 1980s. Well, what with the uh, dispute going on, on on oil production and pricing and so on, uh, I think it's a uh, that sector is, is looking like it may be it may it may not be really popular for the foreseeable future, and that that's fine. Mm. So how would you play it now? I mean, you've been uh, very, uh, very vocal, uh, certainly when I've spoken to you, which is uh, every Tuesday, you've been very vocal about the fact that you'd prefer to be in cash than exposed to certainly the South African market. Um, Now you probably extend that to being exposed to the overseas markets because they've come under enormous pressure. At one stage, we were nearly 20% down on, I think it was the S&P, that was the metric I was looking at uh, last night. So so also um, not doing us any favours. No, the thing, that, the, the major factor now is avoid risk of any sort. You know, that means, yes, it's pretty dull to buy government bonds or to have a fixed to fixed deposit, but that's the safest place to be 
And I think that's where one must be for the time being. There's not going to be a bounce into, you know, hurly burly good times again type activity in, in the foreseeable future. Wait for it. It'll come back. And I think, uh, you know, time will be on the side of a patient investor who's going to find value. There are lots of great companies still in South Africa and worldwide. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, it's time and it's waiting and patience. That's what we have to do and stay in as near cash as possible for the full certainly for the next year or so. I spoke to my sound engineer, one of my sound engineers who's based in Cape Town, and he just alerted me and he said, Lindsay, we've got stage four load shedding. Now, that we haven't heard that yeah. for a little while. Uh, so load shedding is now a reality. I wonder what the problem is this time. Have you any insight into that, Ian? I've no, no insight into it, except that we've seen an announcement which says that, that said we were going to have stage one load shedding this morning. Suddenly, it's uh, all of a sudden, it's put into effect and a stage four load shedding. If we look at the impact that it's had on the Chinese economy, on its head on deliveries, on its head on production, I really think that uh, as long as this is going on in South Africa, there is no need to be looking for any investment prospects at all for the foreseeable future. It's going to take a heck of a time to right the wrongs that we've dug ourselves into. On that very sad and sombre note, but very honest and pragmatic note, I'll leave you, Ian. That's Ian Cruikshanks, who's the Chief Economist at the Centre for Risk Analysis at the South African Institute for Race Relations. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.